The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Cowboys Storyline with Nick Eatman. What is up? It is time for Cowboys Storyline. I am Nick Eatman here. It's Monday, December the 4th. And let's do this. We got a little extra time here. We're going to have this is not a uh, permanent uh, change in our time at, at 930 Central, but. With uh, no talk, talking Cowboys this morning, we thought, well, you know, we got plenty to talk about. A lot going on in the football world, both college and pro. If you want to, if you want to go there, uh, I know this is a show all over the country, and actually uh, a little bit outside the country as well. So, you know, anything you want to talk about, I think it's fair game. Well, let's be careful when we say that, you know, football-wise, of course. Um, and let's let's get after it. We want to talk about the Eagles, 49ers. Of course, Cowboys play the Eagles this week. Maybe we'll hear some Shaq Leonard uh, news today as well. So uh, we're going to get after it. 888-855-2297 is the number to call. Um, the text line somewhere over here. I haven't memorized that one just yet, but uh, there it is, 817-290-3298. All right. Let's get after it here. Let's start things off. Let's go. Uh, let's go north of the border here. Uh, Daryl, he's in Montreal, Canada. Daryl, morning. How are you doing, Nick? How are you doing? Is you a first time caller? Um, can you give me the "Here we go" and I'll explain after? I don't want to be sure. There we go. There we go. Okay, perfect. Thank you. I didn't want you to take away that. Here we go. I've called before, like other shows in the past. Like the lunch break, oh. not the break, the lunch break and whatever. So, oh yeah, yeah. The first time caller is on the storyline, so okay, of, okay. of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm all those other shows. I mean, they count, but I mean, no, we're talking about we're building something right here. So yeah, hundred percent first time caller. I'm trying to find the volume button down here. Perfect, thank you. Um, I also guess today was my lucky day because I'm a teacher at high school and um, the the school has no power, so school was oh. closed. Oh. It was canceled, so Hate I that. home and I said, "You know what? Let me let me let me call in." And I, I I'm first uh, first up in line. There you go, first time caller, first time first time caller, and also you know no, no power. So you, you, <laughs> you, you you're not going to go help or anything, or you just say, "Nah, sorry, you're out." That's uh, that's their problem. My, my my job is in the classroom, not not anything else. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you have a bunch of callers. No, you're good. Um, I just wanted to talk about, even though our Thanksgiving here in Canada isn't at the same time, I wanted to talk about my best Thanksgiving memory. I know it's a couple weeks late, but um, I've been to a couple games down down uh, in, in, in Dallas. And in 2010, I went to the New Orleans Thanksgiving game. And the memory I had was actually the night before. I actually got to meet you and Derek and Dia Wall at one of those um, autograph signing things there. So yeah. Oh, yeah. That. that was yeah. That was pretty cool. And you even told me I came up and I spoke to you, and you even told me that you hardly did those anymore, and you just happened to do it that day. So I was lucky right. to, to meet you. Um, what city was that in? That was in Dallas. That was okay. in Dallas. Dallas. Like Thanksgiving game. Oh, Thanksgiving yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I, I got think you. it was 2010 against the Saints. Okay. Yep. Yeah, we didn't. We don't do that a whole lot. I mean, I know that they still do that, but not not a ton. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then I have I have a, a a player 
Okay. That I want to know if you remember. I've been hoping no one says it. I'm trying to stump you a little bit, which might be impossible, but Corvy Irvin. Corey Irvin? Corvy. Corvy Irvin. Yeah. Yeah, that's a stumper. I, I wanna say yeah. I wanna say defensive tackle, but I don't yes. was he? Yes. I have to yes. beat the guy up. I, I, yeah. I remember him. Sort of, but not 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 really. And I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you much about him. Did he play much? No, he it was a, a year well, where he had a lot not. of injuries and he got yeah. he got signed. Oh, he didn't play too much. Was that that but, was the year that they just signed like a hundred defensive tackles? Like they exactly, they just because that was exactly. two thousand thirteen something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Our, why why I why I know him is that I actually met him because now he coaches for the Montreal Alouettes. Okay. And I met him, and we actually kind of became friends, and actually they just won the, the, the Great Cup up here this year. So Nice. I thought, I thought Corby. You're right. Corby Irvin, defensive tackle, Georgia, 2013. Yeah, that was the year they just had so many injuries, and they kept just bringing them, bringing them through, and yeah. All right, you got me on that yeah. one. I mean, I, I kind of remember, but not much. But then again, well, you got it. He didn't. He didn't stay. He, he wasn't here that long. So, yeah, awesome. Okay, so I'll I'll get to my my question for you. Obviously, this is a big game uh, coming up uh, this week, and with everything that happened last night, um, I saw in the Seattle game. I'm not sure if um, uh, Gilmore and Bland switched sides or if they were traveling. If uh, Gilmore was traveling with um, DK Metcalf, and since DK Metcalf and AJ Brown are kind of similar size receivers, do you think that they might do that again uh, this week? Well, I think whatever they did against Seattle, I think you need to throw that away. I mean, like I, I, I mean, it, not necessarily in the second half because they kind of true. And the second half, they, yeah, they they got better on it, but but I mean, also Seattle sort of changed their game plan a little bit. But here's the thing: Dan Quinn doesn't really do that that whole lot. He he's going to switch around what he does, even within the game. I think there's times where I, you did see Gilmore travel, you did see Bland kind of move around, but that's they're interchangeable. They can do that, and I don't think Dan Quinn wants to get you know anyone to have a beat on what they're actually doing. So yeah. th- there's not going to be like one way. Like he's got him. And, and you know, and that's the way it is. I, I don't think that that's the way it, it, they're going to handle. It. Because how can you do that when when you have uh, Devontae Smith on the other side? I mean, he can he can hurt you too. That's what makes Philly so good. Anytime you have multiple yeah. uh, receivers like that. But that's why I kind of felt Seattle's receivers are are close to they're close the same in sense of they have mm-hmm. the the DJ DK Metcalf with the size, and then you have Injigba, yeah, and then you have Lockert that are. I mean, not quite as fast as Smith, but they're still kind of speedy receivers. So I was wondering if right. they might make that approach. But either way, it's a big game. Sure. Hopefully, we 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 get it done and and get tied for first place. That's right. All right. Thanks for the call, Daryl. Appreciate that. Good stuff. All right. Let's get moving here. Michael's in Colton, California. Sounds like a, a familiar, a new uh, new name. Michael Colton, California. No, it's, it's the same name, Nick. I'm I'm, I'm a, a repeat caller. Are you? Hey, what's, yes, sir. Dang I'm it. I'm I'm a yeah, but I. You know what? You still get it. Here we go. You still get oh, one. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> what's yes, what's up, Mike? Hey, Nick. I I just uh, I, I just want to say something real quick and then ask you a question. Uh, I just want to say, you know, I, I think that uh, right now we're actually starting to uh, click on, on on all cylinders. And uh, hopefully, you know, that sends us into this playoff run, you know what I mean? And we could actually do something instead of, you know, the, 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 the repeat history that's been going on for the last uh, 
almost 30 years or so. But anyways, uh, uh, also my question to you is uh, I was on the, the RJ and everybody else show the other day in the morning. I, I love that show, by the way. I'm just kidding. It's 103 The Fan. <laughs> and um, um, I, I posed a question to them, but I, I didn't get an answer. But I would like to hear your opinion. Okay. I think when it's all said and done, I think C.D. Lamb has the potential to be the best uh, uh, receiver to ever wear the 88. And I, I don't say that lightly because mm. I seen Michael Irvin play, and he was a man. He was a beast. He like Deion Sanders says, he was a dog straight up, you know. And Dez Bryant, man, he was awesome, but he but he was also kind of one dimensional. And I mean, no disrespect at all, because Dez Bryant was awesome, man, yeah. you know, with them back shoulder phase. But I think C.D. Lamb is uh, complete all the way around. You know, he he's a route runner, he's a technician, he he got hands. Let me ask you um, this. Let me ask you this real quick, real quick. Who's the best quarterback in Cowboys history? Oh, Aikman. Why? Why? Um, I mean, just uh, winners win. You know what I mean? Okay. He, he he got us three Super Bowls. Okay, the there you go, That's and the, and there it is. I just kind of set you up for that. That's okay, the thing yeah, because Romo <laughs> Romo's got better stats. Danny White had better stats, but they didn't win championships. And that's all I'm saying. You are right, talent wise. CD Lamb might might be the best. He might end up having the the best stats, but if he doesn't lead them, he if he's not the heart and soul on three championship teams, it's going to be hard to beat Michael Irvin. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Got me there no, I'm I'm not trying to get you. I, I I'm just trying to, to say that's that's how we qualify things. And if Aikman and Stallback do it for you because of the Super Bowls, then it's hard to beat Pearson and Irvin just with stats alone. You got to be like head and shoulders above the rest. So he's got a challenge there, you know. But 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 for what you're saying about just an absolute playmaker. Uh, sorry, I don't really want to steal Michael's term like that. But but that's what yeah, yeah. CD is. Um, you're not wrong there. Uh, it's just that how we view players is going to be hard to to you know to unseat them at the top because they all, they have those shiny fingers that these current players do not have. So uh, that was a that was a great answer, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> hey, one one more thing, please. Uh, uh, I want to send a shout out to to my son Eli. Today's his birthday. He's a huge Cowboys fan, man. He watches the games with me every weekend, and I just want to say happy birthday to Eli. That's Thank awesome. You very much. Happy birthday to yes, Eli. Sir. Good good stuff. All right. Yes, sir. Thank you. Very Thanks, much. Michael. Have a good day. All right, man. That's pretty. That's uh. Yeah, I mean, Michael. Naming his kid Eli, obviously going up against you know uh, the Giants so many times. Eli Manning. Uh, I'm just kidding. I, I love that. Happy birthday to Eli. All right, let's roll to Brian in Pennsylvania. Brian. Hey, how you doing, Nick? How's everyone in Pennsylvania today? I tell you what, darndest thing happened. I woke up this morning and uh, no birds chirping outside. You huh. know, none of that noise that I usually hear on a Monday. Wow. Well, I hate, it's been real quiet. Hate that for Wondering now. if everyone's okay. You know, the thing about it is, it's like the Cowboys aren't sitting around gloating because they're like, yeah, been there, done that. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's good and bad because it's like, oh, nice to see the Eagles kind of get it handed to them. But also, it's like, well, yeah, they did it to you as well. And so now we know who, now we know who the cream of the crop is right now in the NFC. I mean, there, there's no there's no doubt about it. And uh, when when they want to play. You know, they they turned it into a, a fight, and they did. And you know, the Eagles couldn't handle it. Of course, the Cowboys couldn't either. So, yeah. Well, I think the Eagles might be catching the bug where they've got a lot of talent, but they're not. I mean, like, even all the games they've won this year have been really ugly. They haven't really been living up to it. That old Cowboys adage of you know, play good with good teams, but then just barely squeak by other teams yeah. and playing down to their competition. But right. this isn't a Eagles show. This is a Cowboys show. That's right. That's right. 
what I wanted to call and talk about today was uh, I think that everybody, staff, writers, fans, everybody included, needs to stop and say, I'm sorry, Tyron, you're still the man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. actually, the whole offensive line. I'm sorry, guys. We doubted you at the beginning of the season. We kept saying y'all are holding us back. My bad. Well, you know, because Dak's been pretty clean, and even with the run, the run has been opening up these lanes for Tony Pollard. They're just progressively getting better and better and better each week as a unit. Yeah. You know, here's the thing about that. Like, I don't know if you could just say, well, my, my bad, guys. You know, we, we were wrong. I don't think so. I mean, they weren't playing well, and they were not all healthy either. I mean, that, that was part of it too. So I think what, where you can say – my bad would be like, because a lot of times we, we like to just put everything into big picture. Like if a guy makes a bad play, it's like he's not any good or he's lost it. Tyron doesn't have it anymore. Like there's a difference of saying, hey, he's just not himself or, you know, hopefully he can get back to that point. And then that's what a lot of people do. They kind of just write them off and say, all right, they're never going to be good. Uh, yeah. You know, Terrence Field is never going to get back to 100% again, and, and that's that's not the case. And so I think maybe that's what happened is they kind of wrote this offensive line off as being a really good line, and right now they're, they're playing like a really good line. But, you know what, I mean, think about the games they didn't play so well. 49ers, Eagles. I mean, it's a little different. So, um, you know, they, they kind of still have to prove that a little bit as well. Well, one thing I've noticed – that uh, I've been really interested in is uh, the coaches this year, you know, like the assistant coaches. Yeah. And everybody, uh, the game preparation, I guess, because ever since the San Francisco game, it seems like every game, the preparation is just upped. We're actually, uh, I I used to call earlier and talk about the problems with the team not being able to adjust. Mm -hmm. And it seems like, I guess, Dak has a better grasp of the offense and the defense understands what their goals are. So it just seems like we're able to adjust in games. The one thing I saw in the Seahawks game was we started to get some adversity. I'm like, oh, here we go. Same old Cowboys. But I saw them adjust and keep fighting. And I saw this attitude like, you're not going to beat me or I'm not going to let you win. You're going to have to beat me. And that attitude with like CD and Micah, a lot of people call them arrogant. I call them both obsessed. They're obsessed with being the best they can be, and they want the opportunity to help their team out. And that was just something I was encouraged to see yeah. because I don't think we had that. You know, every once in a while you get that bad play and you see Dak just trot off the field and you're like, oh, same old Cowboys, but this energy and, like, the way our team is coming together yeah. and played the Seahawks. It was more about – the way they played, then the fact that it was the Seahawks. I know they were a winning team, and we needed that playoff caliber team victory with a hard battle. But something about this team, you know, I've been yeah. trying not to say it all year, but something is different. I yeah. don't know who's putting what in the Gatorade, but <laughs> give them a raise and make sure that they're there, you know? Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for the call. And, and you're right. I mean, something is different. I mean, you, you could say what you want about, well, what happens in the playoffs, and, and that's what people do. But, I mean, I think you know you have to get there, and, and you can still say something is different because, I mean, winning these games at home like that, I mean, blowing, blowing teams out, um, they've won six games at home, and they've scored at least 30 points in every one of them, and, and 40 points, I think, in, in uh, half of them. So um, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of points. They're, they're, you know, they're really taking care of business on teams that they should beat. Um, 
aside from the from the uh, Arizona game, but like like you'd said before, I mean that offensive line is now coming together. That offensive line wasn't even you know existent in, in that game, so that wasn't even close to what we're used to seeing here. So all right, let's uh, let's keep it rolling here. We've got Allen. He's in Long Island, New York. Allen. Hey Nick. Good morning. Second good morning. time caller. All right. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Um, just a quick question about Shaq Leonard. I'm not sure if you're sick of hearing his name or anything like that, mm-hmm. but uh, just want to know what's the vibe in the building. What are you hearing? Um, I, I think if, if you if you're even allowed to tell us. You well, know? I mean, I, I, the vibe is that it would be nice to have him. It would, that would be that, that they want him. Um, that'd be nice to have him. This isn't. This isn't going. This isn't the Charles Haley move that that put the Cowboys over the top. You know, it's it's not gotcha. that. Um, they they recognize what you know. Everyone can see you know the same stuff from the medical. Um, you know, he's got some back surgery. His knees aren't the best. He's had concussions. I mean, he's this guy's kind of beat up a little bit, but they still feel like he's a talented player that can help on a position. You know, a, a team that 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 could use him. Um, you know, right. both the Cowboys and the Eagles have uh, you know some some depth issues at linebacker, and so that's kind of why this where it's not one of those things where I got to beat you. So you, if you want him, then I want him. It's just one of those things where here's two teams that are fighting each other this week, but they both need some help at linebacker. But I don't think either one of them is going to break the bank to get them. Honestly, gotcha. Now, what do you what do you like? Obviously, it's between us and the Eagles. What would in your professional opinion, what would make him choose the Eagles over us? I mean, obviously we have the better facility. We have, you know, the Jones family as our own, as the owners. Uh, we have, you know, Micah Parsons. We have, you know, Stephon Gilmore, et cetera. The only thing I'd be concerned about is, is he concerned that, you know, Dan Quinn would leave after this season if, if we even sign him back. Past the season, but what do you think about that? Like, I would it would what, be some possession to leave. I mean, to choose the Eagles. You think? Well, I mean, some some long term um, stability as well. You know, like what 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 kind of deal is it? Is it a deal that would you know help me you know long term? Um, you know, do you have money next year that that you can pay? Maybe not so much this year, but maybe some next year. Also, defensive tackles. He could look at the guys in front of him. Every linebacker that's ever been great has probably had some really good defensive tackles in front of him that kind of can keep right. the trash off of them. So maybe maybe that is something he would look at too. They got some big boys over there in, in the middle. So do the Cowboys. I mean, just don't act like Hankins and Osa and Mozzie and these guys. I mean, they got strength. They got big guys as well. But I mean, Philly. Philly definitely does with with those players and uh, Fletcher Cox, of course, but also with Jordan Davis and um, I know I know Miss Oh Jalen Carter. I mean, like they they have some, so that that could be part of it as well. I mean, there's just a lot of different factors there, um, and, and they're a really good team as well. I mean, they're 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 a little bit ahead of the Cowboys right now. So um, you know, if he decides he wants to go there, I know he knows Nick Sirianni just like he has some people in that he knows here. So. Uh, at the end of the day, he's going to have to make that decision. And, you know, I, I, if they make it, it's good. If, if the Cowboys get them, that'll be a good thing. I'm not saying it wouldn't be. I think because they want them, it would be a good thing. But it also won't be the end of the world if he if he doesn't go here and if he signs with Philly. I don't think anyone's going to be too heartbroken on either side of this. This is a player that, you know, he needs to kind of come in and, 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 and help with the run defense. All right. Good stuff there. Uh, thanks for the call, Alan. I've got a text question here from... Uh, five one six number, no name, but he says, "I remember the narrative that we can't pay Dak because he needs great players around him to be successful." Can we put that to bed now after watching Mahomes in the in the past few weeks? Yeah, I mean they they they've struggled some as well, and they they've kind of thrown different players at it, and um, 
you know, they're still really good, though. I mean, I mean, they're, they're still a really good team. Uh, I, I that wouldn't be a team I would want to face, you know, if I was in the AFC. So let's not let's not say that that's a you know the, the issue. But um, yeah, I mean, all all quarterbacks need need some help. I mean, and 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 Mahomes has always had it. Now I mean, he's got one of the greatest tight ends to ever play. So I mean, he he, he does have. I mean, Mahomes has help. Uh, for sure. So, anyways, um, but yeah, I mean, I think they want to keep Dak and they want to keep the the great players around him. And, and you know, who cares if it's well that he needs him to help him or doesn't matter. Get them both in there. All right, Sam in Seattle's our next caller. Sam, what's up? Hey Nick, how's it going? Good. How, how are you? Pretty good up here in Seattle. The uh, NFL has uh, made it clear for me to watch more Cowboys with flexing. The uh, Seahawks Eagles to Monday night, so okay. I don't have to worry about them getting in the way of Buffalo and yeah. Dallas that Sunday, uh, and putting Seattle and Dallas on Thursday night so I could watch it on local TV. All right, that was good. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know about Seattle, I kind of want them to go on a run now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I thought that too. About hey, don't don't you know? Keep your head up. Keep your head up over there, Gino. Like I'm, you know, want you to play well against the 49ers, of course, the Eagles. You know, I mean, like do that and just make a few more plays. I mean, yeah, everybody's kind of thinking the same way about Seattle. Go win. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, just want to add. It seems like, you know, just how different it is now versus the first four games of the year when we were talking about Texas Coast offense, mm-hmm. and then oh. Tight ends aren't catching balls. Oh, red zone offense, not so great. Um, you know, now we're just like, oh, first play, first drive of the game, deep ball, deep ball. Right. It's not so. Uh, to me, this is like a Dak Coast offense now. <laughs> Dak Coast, I like it. Uh, yeah. I, and it's definitely remember the term Dak friendly. I mean, it, it yeah. definitely has been that. And uh, there's a lot of things there. It, a lot of chicken and egg type theories. You know, or is is Ferguson playing better because CD is a CD playing better because they got he has more weapons around him. Uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, e- either way, I mean Dak is continuing to throw it to who is open. I mean, Schoonmaker, he'll still throw it to him. He throws it to Jalen Tolbert. He throws it to Rico Daddle out of the backfield. I mean, he throws it to the guys that are open. So, and, and the thing is, is they're they're getting more plays, and then CD is still getting twelve catches, ten catches, eleven catches. I mean, it's unbelievable. I counted. I think he's got forty four catches in the month of November. I, I, I need to go talk to our PR staff about that and see is that the most of. I mean, 44 catches in one month. And I did have the extra game by playing on that Thursday night. That's a lot of catches, though, in, in one month. Uh, so, um, I mean, that's that's been it's been a really good thing. But not to the detriment of other players. I guess you could say Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup really just doesn't have a whole lot of stats. Yeah. But that's that's it, really. Yeah, Michael Gallup's really the, the one thing from the beginning of the year that's still a question now. But But he's the perfect guy for that role. If, he, if, he is if, if you think he about still have to cover him right right and if you think about wide receivers that have had success and he's had um, some success a thousand yards in in his career I mean I mean and a thousand yard season but the fact that he's not getting a lot of you know balls his way and all that stuff he's still though he, he's not a guy that's gonna sit and pout he's gonna be he's gonna make a play for you like like he is he's not gonna be a problem in the locker room and that's a good thing maybe he's making more money than you would want that guy to be but I'm saying you're gonna need a play from Michael Gallup and and, he, and he'll deliver for you so 
it's not the worst thing in the world to have him kind of, you know, kind of just lurking back a little bit. He'll make a big play. So, yeah. all right. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Sam. All right, good stuff here. Let's see. Uh, got another question here. This is from Dan in Philly. He says, not all people from Philly. <laughs> I'm going to read it. I don't care. Not all people from Philly are asshats like the Eagles fans at the games. They give the city a bad name. Uh, this is going to be a crazy week here. That's it. That's it. I love it. Um yeah, I mean, 100%. I remember I, I remember one of the first jokes I ever got. It was like reading in the newspaper. I was like, I don't know, 11 or 12 years old. And it said like a Christmas list, uh, a Christmas-like list, you know, for everybody. Aikman needs more blockers for Christmas and whatever. And Jerry Jones needs who, whatever. And it was like the Eagles need the C and the L back in class. And I, I, it was one of the first jokes I ever got. And I, I loved it. And, and, and it's, it's so true. So um, there you go. All right, let's go to Dylan, Northport, Florida. What's up? Hey, dude, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's a funny story here before I, I get going. I was at a a hunting trip this last week and uh, we're up in a cabin up in upstate new york and it's my brother's he doesn't have uh cable tv or anything up there right so i brought this little gizmo to hook my my phone up to the tv i'm hoping and praying i got cell service because i haven't missed a game in 20 years you know so i plug it in plug it in the tv there's nothing man no, nothing at all it's like there's no data signal nothing doesn't work so i'm like i'm hoping and praying i can put it as high as i can up in that cabin man get some sort of signal we got we got to watch the game we got to watch it with my parents, my brother, the kids. And the whole weekend, all we did, every single thing we did, it was here we go, tying our shoes. Here we go. You know, <laughs> yeah, you guys got to make like some sort of, uh, you know, you guys did a couple of years ago with Zeke and then that funny video, eating the cereal and all that. Yeah. You guys got to do something with Dak and the, the here we go is just doing little tasks and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. We, we, yeah, we, we've done a couple of things. Um, uh, there's been a couple of videos I, that you might have seen in social media wise. One of them was, uh, the, all the players kind of going around doing yeah. it, you know, and then of course Dak doesn't even get into it. Um, and then <laughs> yeah. th- th- there's another one that w- that we put out that was really really good um, as well. So uh, yeah, we- we've done some things, but yeah, maybe you know the the problem is is that he's not cooperative about it. I mean, I don't know if you remember, <laughs> and, and I, you probably don't, but way back in training camp. We got, you know, we weren't getting callers. We were just getting players um, to come in. And the last, one of the last days of training camp, I think it was the, the very last day Dak came in. And I asked him right off the bat. I was just like, let's get started here. Or should I say, here we go. And he looked at me. He was like, what are you, what are you talking about? And I was like, what do you mean what are you talking about? And you said it for three weeks out here. Here we go. And he was like, no, that's not something we'd talk about. I was, it was really awkward. I was like, oh, okay, sorry. Moving on. And, yeah. you know, and now, now look at it. Now, you know, once Aaron Rodgers said it, it's like, oh, now, you know, of course. Because there's, yeah. there's meaning behind it, too. It's not just him just saying that. It's, it's the cadence is kind of helping um, with, with, you know, with everything uh, with, with that offense and how, how, they get, how they get the play started. Yeah, it's such a unique thing. He's got to trademark that or something. I'm hmm. sure he'll do some commercials with that in the offseason. But he seems locked in right now, so I, yeah. I like that. That's sure. Good. Um, yeah, so Friday, some of the callers, they were disappointed with you know the defense and, and the pass rush. But 
Uh, just a couple things about that. The, the pass rush was getting there all night. The problem was that Gino was taking three steps and throwing the ball throwing all night, too. Yeah. And the report, it's funny, the report on Gino all season was he holds the ball like all day, way too long. <laughs> That's what he's done all season. And I said this a couple weeks ago against the Giants. I'm like, um, you know, there's teams every year, bad teams or teams, maybe not bad, but they're not as good as the Cowboys. And they, they step up and play good games against Dallas for, for multitude of reasons. One is it's the Cowboys. And now you got the Seahawks playing for their the playoff life and it's like these guys formulated a game plan specifically to negate the best part of this defense and they did it but i mean the pass rush was still it was still getting there they threw up a stat on the tv it's like the pass rush was getting there faster than any team's gotten after any quarterback all season but the problem was that the throws were so quick either throw it incomplete or get it out quick on a slant or in route or something like that and um you know people were upset with bland uh, for for having a rough game, but it's like there's no blueprint. He didn't get exposed. The blueprint is to have like some genetic freak at wide receiver that was built in a lab. That dude DK, he runs like a small guy, like he's quick, he's fast, but he's built like a transformer. He's built like Megatron, like he's he's insane. And Bland's just he has the speed, but he's too short. And you saw on that one in cut that DK took to the house. Um, Bland was playing underneath leverage, which is dangerous, but if you want the pick, that's what you got to do. But the guy catches it, you know, it's the house call. There's no safety, which there wasn't. And uh, that, that was just a well-thrown ball kind of up and away, and, and Bland missed it by a fingernail. He's just too too short. Right. So well, I'm not worried about it. Pass rush is fine. Bland's fine. And we'll see what happens there. All right. Well, I appreciate the call, Dylan. And, 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 and you're not wrong on that. I mean, Gino was getting the ball out really quick. The, the issue I had was that usually when you get the ball out super quick like that, the guys aren't already open. And, and that's the thing that they, they had it schemed up really well. Um, it was one of the tougher, tougher matchups just because they have, they have three receivers that, that are really good. I mean, the Eagles, I think, have a better receiver, number one, in A.J. Brown. They, they have a, two better receivers in Brown and Devontae Smith. But when you talk about three, I think Seattle has, you know, the, their their third receiver is better than, I think, what the Eagles throw out. So um, that's, the, that's the thing about them. They, they don't have the best in the game, but they have maybe the best trio. And that's that's really good. And, and, and that hurt the Cowboys all night long. And um, But got to give Dallas credit, too. The last three drives, they got off the field. I mean, they hadn't forced them to punt at all and nobody punted in the game but you know they couldn't get off the field couldn't get a stop until the last three drives of the game they did Uh, they they got an interception then they got the fourth down stop and they got another fourth down stop as well so actually i guess it was three no they they didn't get the interception it wasn't the last three drives it was like four out of five because they did give up a touchdown after that pick but the last three drives of the game the cowboys did get off the field all right let's go to um text message from um Dallas. He's in South Jersey, named Dallas. Says, do you think we continue to see Tolbert and Turpin uh, increase their snaps and less of Gallup? Probably. I mean, I'm, that's. I mean, they're all going to play. I think Gallup will still get out there and, and play. Um, but but I think Turpin has shown that that you know he can he can make some plays for you. I mean, it's not just deep balls. I mean, we've seen one with him kind of down the field in Washington, but he's had a couple of catches there. You know, like in inside the red zone, one for a touchdown against uh, Philly, I believe that was Philly. Um, had a touchdown. It wasn't. It was a little outside the red zone against the 49ers. But um, he, you know, he's made some plays. He made some made a nice catch to the one yard line uh, the other day, a two yard line. So um, I, he's he's really he's really made made a lot of strides at offense, and, and and Tolbert has as well. So yeah, I mean, I think that they won't say it that way. They'll say it. We've got just we got more weapons that we can throw out there. All right. Um, 
Let's go to our next caller. We got Ryan in Tulsa. Ryan, what's up? Hey, Nick. How's it going, man? Love your show. I appreciate it. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Hey, you know, watching San Francisco yesterday, it struck me that this is something that needs to be planned out over not not four or five days, but four or five weeks. And with that much time remaining until we might have to face them again, you know a little more about the inner workings. Do, do our coaches look ahead and start planning on how we're going to attack these guys and, and how we're going to defend them? And, and then my second part was uh, I heard Jay Glazer mention Shaq Leonard was uh, waiting to see kind of what the outcome of yesterday's game was for the Eagles. And if that's the case, that maybe he'll help us shore up our, our middle because that seems to be what uh, they attack San Francisco. Uh, but, but it looks like they, they play in way far ahead. Uh, they knew exactly who to attack with the Eagles yesterday. Yeah. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, yeah, I think everybody looks ahead. I mean, that's why you have, you know, 30, 30 coaches and analytics and all that. I mean, you, you, you're already scouting ahead. Um, now, whatever they were doing to scout the 49ers the first time around, maybe, maybe you mix that up because that didn't, that didn't work out so much. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, and I don't know what, what does that mean if Shaq Leonard was waiting for the weekend? What, what does that mean? I'm going for the team that wins. I'm going for the team that needs me the most. I mean, think about it. The the 49ers just smacked the Eagles right in the mouth, just like they did to Dallas. Same thing. And so it showed right then and there that if this thing, if this game gets really physical and it becomes a war in the trenches like that, that San Francisco's built for it. And, you know, the Eagles couldn't handle that. The Cowboys could not handle it either. The Cowboys haven't handled that in three years, just kind of taking the fight like that. Um, to uh, you know, to to the to the opponent, just like the 49ers do. So uh, maybe maybe you know maybe the Eagles found out they needed him a lot more, um, and, and that's the type of player they want. Maybe they they up the offer. I I, I don't know. I don't know what that kind of means as far as waiting for the weekend. I think he's just waiting for the weekend uh, just to kind of make a decision. So I I don't know necessarily what a win or a loss does. So. All right, appreciate the call, Ryan. Uh, I think the phone lines are open right now, 888-855-2297. This is usually right when we start the show. Um, we, we added an extra 30 minutes. If you're just joining us now, we, we, we started at 930. There's no talking Cowboys this morning. Um, they will be back tomorrow. Uh, nothing, nothing changing for them. They just had a little bit of scheduling conflicts. Today's the day that the players go to the hospital visits um, around town and around Dallas and Fort Worth. Three, three hospitals in Dallas, one in Fort Worth. They spread the players around. Uh, we've got a couple of our, our crew there. We've got some uh, we've got our, some staff writers that are there. We've got some um, videographers also there. It's a it's a it's a special special day. I don't know how to say. I don't. I don't want to say it's awesome because it's seeing kids in a hospital is not awesome, um, especially if you have some like I do. But um, it it's a uh, it's something. It is just when you see a a kid light up because Eric Scott Jr shows up with his jersey on and and that's nothing no offense to Eric Scott Jr but he's just he's, he's a guy that's just a young player hasn't played yet but it doesn't matter he's got that jersey on he's got that star he's got a Santa hat on and, and he, when a player like that walks in there and just see how the kids and the parents light up uh it's pretty awesome i've seen Tank Lawrence just just send someone to the to the nearby store and say hey 
they wanted this toy. Let's go get it for them, and let's bring it to them. You know, here in the next hour or so, I've seen that happen. It's pretty. It's pretty special. So uh, it's a really great thing the Cowboys have done for a long time. They go all over to these uh, children's hospitals and, and visit, and um, it's pretty cool. So you, you, you'll probably get a chance to see that later today. Some videos and, and some stories that, that come out of that event. All right, let's go to Seth in New York. It's our next caller, Seth. Morning, Nick. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Happy Victory Monday. All right. I'm yeah. calling you guys sure. because oh, Eagles. We all saw happy yesterday. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Um, so my question, so really, what I wanted, to, I, I want, I just want somebody to speak on this because I found it to be absolutely boneheaded analysis that came out of one of the national media places <laughs> over the weekend. Um, I know. What, I know what you're gonna that, say. Exactly. How is it that Dak Prescott can't be elite unless he's throwing interceptions and fumbling the football and then, um, you know, having to play hero and come back and win football games when we all know that he put that team on his back on Thursday night? I, I don't understand that. I, you're, you're talking about LaShawn McCoy uh, that, that made that statement of that he needs to see Dak throw interceptions and, and come back from that, even though when he did throw some interceptions in games, then that whole crew – Roasted him and all that. Hey, put David Helman back on the show. I'm sorry. David Helman needs to be on that show. Um, it, it was a better show uh, when he was on it. And I'm not saying that just because he's here. Well, maybe I am. But, I mean, it's, he, he, he actually brings a little bit more rationale into things like that. So, um, I don't know. I thought that was, you know, I say it all the time. Nobody's take is wrong. Um, as long as it's genuine. As long as it's a real take. It's sort of what you really believe. You're not just saying that to kind of you know, just to get ratings and stuff like that. I just don't understand how that, that makes any sense to me about, I mean, he has done that. He's he's led the team back. He did it against Seattle. I don't know. I don't know what else he needed to do. So, yeah, it was just a, just a blind take from a guy who wears the Philly green and I guess bleeds green and white. So, yeah, he he's afraid that if he if he says anything positive about the Cowboys, he's going to lose his Philly guard or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't, Hey, it, it, it is it is what it is. I don't I don't necessarily. I, that's not one that I ever really. That's not a take that I ever really throw a lot of validity in because he's he is what he is, you know. And and that and that's fine. I mean, he was good good football player and all that, but it's clear that he does not like the Cowboys. And you know, it's I think it's a I think it's an unbiased take. You know what I mean? Just like when Michael Irvin goes up there and says you know stuff about the Cowboys. You, you look at it like, all right, Mike, you know, of course, of course you're going to say that, you know, because you're a cowboy. And it's the same with the people that are the other way around. So it is it is what it is. I didn't understand the take. Maybe there was more to it. Uh, I think Dak has shown um, that, that he, he can bring the team back. Um, but, you know, it's not it's not a recipe that you want your quarterback to do. You know, I mean, um, you know, Jalen Hurts did it a few times, you know, get some some bad some mediocre teams. He brought their team back. They did it. They tried that thing yesterday against the 49ers, and that didn't work, and it went the other way. So it's not it's not something that that you want to go into the game saying, well, "I just hope my team can can rally and bring them back." So, all right, let's go to Reggie in Germany. Reggie, are you there? Hello. Hey, Nick. How you doing? It's Reggie. Hey, Reggie. How's it going over there? It's been a minute. It's been good, man. Everything's good. I hope you guys had a nice holidays as yeah, well. Yeah, it was good. Listen, I know another guys are trying to get through to you, so I don't want to take up a lot of your time. Hey, it's all right, um, man. You're in you're in Germany. You can do you got a little bit. 
<laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Listen, real quick question. Have you checked out um, any of the keys to the game um, as far as what San Francisco is doing to the, um, to the Philly defense? I was observing the game, and I noticed that um, they were running a lot of um, stunts to the, to the left side of the, of the offense. And that's our strength. That's, that's Tyler and, and Tyron. Um, you think that's something that they're paying attention to that we might work some of that in? I haven't seen a lot of left hand running. Yeah. As far as our, our, our offense is concerned, and um, not running off tackle, but between tackle and guard. I think that's something that would be playing to the strength of um, TP, and um, might help him out a little bit. Yeah, you know he he's um, you know that that's one of those things too, like. It's hard to do what the 49ers do. You know, I mean, yeah, they're running to the left side. I don't think it's because they found something on the Eagles' right side of their defensive end. I think it's because they've got an all-pro tackle over there, uh, Trent Williams. Um, yeah, we got an all-pro tackle in, in, in time. True. I'm not saying we don't. Trent, Trent Williams, I think, is a little bit different, um, and, he, and he plays in that style. But more than that is it's – who's the Debo? I mean, like, do you have a Debo? Do yeah. you have a McCaffrey? I mean, the 49ers are really good at what they do because they have weapons that they can line up everywhere. They they ha- they can line up a wide receiver at running back and run them the ball. They can line up the running back McCaffrey at receiver and throw him the ball. So it, it's really it's really a tough I mean tough offense to to try to um, copy. I mean because you just don't have those pieces in place. Um, but but they they ran Philly all over the place and they did a really good job. And Purdy I mean he just makes really really good decisions. So. They um they took it to the 49ers. I mean, it was one of those games got chir- you know real chippy there with the with the fighting and the security guard and all that kind of mess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what was going on there. Um, but you know, you know it it, it happens. It, it, it happens. Happened. I it guess. was going on. It was, it, it was but, some wildness and, going on. There. Right, and Philly Philly took that. And they needed a spark. They took it, and they went and scored a touchdown. And that's when you're like, all right, this game might have just changed. I mean, the, the yeah. 49ers lost one of their best linebackers in Greenlaw, and the Eagles lost their security guard. Like, right. like, okay, that's fair. And then what the 49ers did, they took it right down there and scored and said, now, nah, you know, we, we could play with an edge as well. And so, um, you know, that was, that was it. So. Yeah, that was, a, that was a good trade for the, for the Eagles. I mean, you know, they, yeah. they, all they lost was the security person. Well, maybe maybe know? it wasn't because after that they couldn't stop anyone. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I never heard of that guy. I mean, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, what is it with security guys? I mean, seriously. I mean, I know the Cowboys, the Cowboys got to go in. But, you know, and, and I said this before, you know, you're supposed to be breaking up the fight. And I went and just looked at it again. He was yeah. doing that. He was trying to do that. Now, he, he was throwing some F-bombs in there. You know, he was a big, tough guy. But be, he was trying to kind of break that up. And, the, and to be fair, the Cowboys secu- director of security, he's down there on the field, too. He breaks up fights like that. Like, that's that's kind of what happens. But um, it was just an odd odd thing that happened. Um, and I, I'm really surprised that they that they got him out of the game for that. But. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that call either. I mean, how did they come back to it? And they circled back to it. They didn't even call it initially. They they they, they yeah. ignored it and then they came back to it. The so only thing the only thing weird, I could think of anyway. only thing I could think of is because he already had the penalty for the for the throwing him down on the ground and then if he's a swipe like that, if that's another penalty, I, I guess that's a 15-yard penalty. I guess you get two, you're out. I don't know. I'm getting my college football rules mixed up there. Um 
But anyway, yeah, he's, he's he's a security guy. He's not even a player. So how do you, I, how do you call that? But I, but I'm glad that they, they they got him out of the game. I mean, whatever his role is. I mean, you're on the sideline and you can't you can't. I mean, you you need to be out of the game as well. So. Uh, who knows? Who knows what that effect? It was just kind of a weird, weird game. Um, you know, who knows? Does he have to sit out the first half of the Cowboys game again? Sorry, that's another Cowboys thing. Another college football. Yeah, does he get a fine? What What happens after? <laughs> who that? knows? Who knows? Yeah, I'm sure the people in Philly would, would pay it. Um, so Gladly. for him, they yeah, they they, they yeah, love that guy. Fans, he got a, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I never <laughs> heard of him. All right, anything else, Reg? No, that's it. I just wanted to throw that you hear your opinion on it. All right, appreciate that. Thank you for the call. Got another call from outside the U.S., Canada, and now Germany. That's awesome. Uh, we're going to go We'll call one more call, and we're going to take a break here. we got Russ in New York. Hey, Nick. How's it going? First-time caller. Oh, hey, Russ. Here you go. There you go. There you go. Here we go. I just heard the last caller, about uh, the one before that, about uh, the narrative on uh, the national TV with Shady and everything. I just think it's humorous. Yeah. I mean, last year – if you watch the Cowboys Eagles game in December, Dak throws a pick six like on like the first play of the game almost. Right. And then he comes back and beats them and scores thirty something points on them. So I mean yeah. his ability to come back from starting a game wrong, I mean, he's done it plenty of times in his career. It's true. And I remember remember when we used to play Carson Wentz, we had some battles and those games always started off pretty rough. So yeah, that that's a good point. Is, is crazy. That's a good point. But, uh, ten nothing. Hey, ten nothing. That Eagle game last year against Gardner Minshew. You're exactly right. It was ten nothing, and he, that pick, and yeah, they came back, and that was a great game. Of course, of course, that game probably doesn't count because it didn't have Jalen Hurts in it. You know, what I mean, like there's always going to be that that kind of narrative, but it's okay. Yeah, like Dak plays against Jalen Hurts on defense, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Not like that's the Eagles' defense, right? This um, Go ahead. Yeah, so just real quick, um, what do you think we're going to do this week if we uh, have some trouble again on the the right tackle side with, with uh, Steele? Are we going to try to help out a little bit more than we did last time? Yeah, I, I would imagine. I would imagine that you know that's why that's why having the tight ends out here you know are really really helpful. Um, that's why you want them to make plays. You want Schoonmaker to to make some plays. You want Ferguson to, to make plays because having them on the field can help in so many different areas. You can help keep them inside and block those guys when you need them. If you feel like you've got it covered, they can leak out and make plays as well, especially Ferguson who's making some catches and getting yards up the field. So um, having having good tight end play is helpful because those are the guys that will help chip like you're talking about um, on certain plays. And then certain plays you can chip. Like we saw Ferguson had one in the game the other day. I don't know if you guys saw it where he, he was supposed to just help Tyron with a chip on the left side and then leak out. But he knocked him on his ass. And Tyron's sitting there like, well, what do I do now? You know, I mean, he, he kind of blocked over here. So it just it was one of those. Ferguson had a lot of great plays, but, but that one was a big one. But to your, to your point, tight ends will help with the chips and having them on the fields to be versatile is really, really important. Awesome. Thank all you right. so much. Appreciate all the work and all the years. All right. Thank you so much, Russ. Appreciate that. I was a first-time caller. That's awesome. All right. We're going to take a break here. We're going to go. We've got a different format today, longer show. We're going to take one break still. We're going to take it right now. We'll come back. Uh, we still got some. we got an open phone line, I believe, 888-855-2297. So hit us up. We'll be right back on Cowboy Storyline.
Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savanna. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a soldier to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back, back to Cowboys Storyline. All right, back here on Cowboys Storyline. We've got a longer show today. If you're just uh, joining us, and this is the second time I've said it, but if you're just joining us, just, just uh, t- talking Cowboys uh, did not have a show this morning. They will pick back up tomorrow, and, and this is that's really the only change of the schedule today. We just went a little bit longer. Wanted to give you guys a chance to get some more calls in. Um, maybe we can set our, our personal record, which I believe is 16, so we're sitting at uh, 11 uh, right now. So um, hopefully we can get there. We've got a few more minutes here. Um, we're going to go to the normal time about 10.50. And then uh, right after that, it'll be just like a regular Monday, Cowboys uh, break, and then all the other shows after that. All right, let's go to uh, Steve in New York. It's our next caller. What's up, pal? Hey, Steve. How you doing? All right. Um, I, ha- I had to call because I-, I heard um, a, qu- a call or two ago, the boneheaded observation from national media. I'm, I'm shocked. Wow. I'm absolutely full. Yeah, yeah. Nick, let me tell you something. Been a fan 45 plus years. I will watch replays of the 81 championship game on a roll. Okay. Before I ever watch any of those shows. I mean, come on uh, enough. They, hey, they let me ask you this of all yeah. the replays. Does Dwight Clark ever drop it or does he just catch no. it every time? Well, I'm, I'm hoping one sails into the crowd like it was supposed to. Right, yeah, just one time to throw it in there. I know. Well, that, like with the Metcalf touchdown the other night, I, 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 maybe it's because I'm watching at home. I don't know. I thought that was going in the third row. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean, oh, God. Oh, um, yeah, you know, the, one, the, the one that really high. I, yeah, same yeah, way. Yeah, right? Yeah, I thought that was I – thought, I thought Chris Bean was going to catch that. I thought he was yeah. back there. He was going to make that catch, and he did not. Yeah. But he was right yeah. there. So uh, I hear you. what else you got? You know, the, 
Yeah, just real quick, because you know I'm a I'm a big. It's two guys, Cowboy players, Hall of Fame. Um, that obviously Woodson's one of them. I'm so you know that bothers me every year. And Everson Walls is the other one. Um, yeah. Speaking of the catch, but um, <laughs> you know it was. I was just thinking this. It was because I was, you know, it's it's Monday. I have a little time to play with. Um, you know, it was 29 years ago today that game. Because um, I know you have mentioned it on your show. When Woody intercepted that pass in Philly, mm-hmm. remember they were wearing their uh, double stars double that star. day? The blue double yeah. stars, yeah. Yeah, and I think it was 90-something yards maybe. 94, um, yeah. Right, that was 20. Can you imagine that was 29 years ago, man? Mm. That's, that's, that's crazy. And yeah. I just wish, uh, and I'll say it, I know it's been said 100 times, Darren Woodson Hall of Fame, enough. Yeah. I hope. I mean, let's. Enough is enough. Thanks for the call, Steve. I mean, like, yep. and and you know, I looked at the class uh, recently. Darren Woodson got put in the the semifinalists uh, round of twenty five. He's been there before. Um, he needs to make it to the finalists of fifteen. If you look at the class, I mean, I don't know who who would be. I mean, you say that, like, who would be ahead of him? I mean, it just—it's got to go. It's got to be his turn, and I don't know who all has has waited a long, long time. I think I think Woodson is there, though. I mean, I I don't see why he wouldn't make it this year, but there's a lot of politics involved there. Um, but I do know this: that the people that I've talked to that are on the committee. They think he's going to get in. They know how this works. They know how the process is and how you kind of have to wait your turn. And you wait a long time. It's not like he, you know, he hasn't waited a long time. They think he's going to get in sooner than later. And uh, they, they've tried. They've really tried to, to do some things. I mean, I had somebody ask me to call Bill Parcells and ask him about Darren Woodson. And I got to talk to him about it. And he said he's one of the top five players he's ever coached. And he coached him for one year. One year, and he said he's one of the top five players I've ever coached. Um, and, you know, and I don't know who the other three are. Uh, I didn't ask him. I mean, I could imagine Lawrence Taylor would be one. Uh, I don't know some of the others, um, but he said Darren Woodson. He goes, I wish if I would have had Darren Woodson longer than this, he'd already have you know a, a Hall of Fame jacket. And that's pretty egotistical to say, but who's who, who disagrees uh, for sure? All right. All right. Uh, let's go back to the line here. Uh, i got to repeat. Here, this is uh, Dylan is called back. Dylan. Hey, dude. Thanks for having me back. I wasn't sure if I was able to get back on or not, but uh, you know, I, let me I, in. So I feel like if you get through, you get through, you know? I mean, if you know, if you maybe had something you, you forgot to say or, or whatever. So if you get through the second time, we've never had a third caller, but let's not try it today. Let's not try yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I figured you guys had a little longer format. So That's I okay. That's all right. Time. I'm still <laughs> counting it as another call because you got through. Hell What's yeah. up? I'll go quick so we can get the 16 callers in here. So that record. Pre- um, appreciate that. The, yeah, man. The, the Eagles, dude, they're, uh, they don't scare me like at all. You look at the last, uh, like three or four weeks, dude, they've been knocking on the doorstep of these losses. And I called it on Twitter before the game. I'm like, you know, this is the week the, the, the horseshoe falls out of the Eagles ass. I'm like, this is <laughs> the 49ers are a vastly superior team. They don't play around either. They don't let teams hang around when they're playing their a game. Uh, they're, they're well coached. They're disciplined and except for green law, apparently. And um, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're just a, a monster team with, I don't know. I don't know what the weaknesses, they don't have any weaknesses. It seems like, and they scared the absolute hell on me, but the Eagles, they can be picked on their secondary is trash. Uh, Hertz has played not great, this year, I mean, he's he's been clutch. 
right? Mm-hmm. But his stats are, are mediocre. He doesn't pass the ball well this year. It's it's like middle of the pack. I'm not even sure how he's an MVP conversation outside of team record when you compare him with the other guys like Purdy and Dak. And it's just, I think the Eagles are going to lose a few more games for the end of the year. I think we're still going to get screwed. I think the, the Niners probably went out, so we don't get the one seed. But I think there's a good chance now that we could take the, the division. Well, we'll see. I mean, yeah, you're right. I, and, and I think Hertz is, is pretty good. I mean, I, I do. I, I would I would have put him up there in the MVP category. Um, not that I vote. And, and we still got a lot lot to, you know, to go here. Uh, I think he's played really well. The thing that I think San Francisco did really well in the game was on third down. I mean, they, they got it out of fourth and one and two. They, they, you didn't see them have the ability to, to, to do the tush push that much. And so that's the key is that I think, one, I think Greg Olson said it on the air, which is a great point, is that they have a fourth play. They have an, I mean, they have an extra snap every time in their back pocket that other teams really don't because of, because of their ability to get that fourth and one or fourth and two. And the 49ers really, they did a nice job of kind of not getting there. The weakness I would say the 49ers have, and it's not really a, a big one, it's just that the way they like to play, if you can get on them early and then force them to have to throw their way back into the game, I think that that that's that's kind of a problem for them um, because the, if they can run Debo and they can run McCaffrey and do all these you know cool things the way that they run east to west and all that that that, that makes it tough. But if they have to sit back and throw and say, all right, we we got to hurry and get back in this game, that's probably where they're not at their best. Of course, with the Eagles, they got up, and of course, the Cowboys, they, they were up uh, as well. So uh, that's that's the key. Is that I think you got to get them in a situation where you really have to force Purdy to to make make these throws. All right, let's go to Arthur in Spring, Texas. Arthur, good morning, Nick. How are you doing? Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, right. You know, uh, there, there's an old adage that goes when somebody either tells you or shows you who they really are, believe them. Uh, I was glad to see Greenlaw get thrown out the game. Greenlaw was the one responsible for breaking Pollard's leg. Yeah. When we played them last year, Greenlaw tried to do that same nonsense when we played them this year when he tried to body slam. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm thinking it was Pollard that he did yeah. that to then. Yeah. So I was, I was very happy to see him get thrown out the game. I don't have a problem with a player being tough. I have a problem with a player being dirty because you're you're trying to interrupt this man's livelihood when you when you make plays or uh, make those kind of tackles on people. Yeah. I don't have any respect for a player that tries to take take people out like that. I I notice like Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox is just a good. You, you can tell he's a he's a good-hearted person with that doesn't have any ill intention. When he tackles tackles you, it's just because he's just manhandled whoever it was to get to you. So I have great respect for people like that. I have great respect for people like D. Law, that you know, aggressive player, mm-hmm. and he just knows how to bring you know step the level of the game up to get to people. Yeah. Uh, beyond beyond that. Um, you know, the, the, those those haters are going to continue to hate and say that, oh, well, the Cowboys managed to pull off one win against a, uh, against a winning team. But, you know, I'm, each, each game, take it each one game at a time, and the cream always rises to the top. Yeah, so that's right. We'll get, we'll get a chance to see it all play out. 
All right. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, thanks for the call. Um, and you're right. You know, you start you see a pattern with certain players. Um, you guys know I'm an Arkansas guy, so I mean, Dre, Dre Greenlaw was a, a player at Arkansas. He was a good player, and uh, he drafted maybe in the seventh round. And he's been he's had a really good career uh, for the 49ers. But you know, you you do see a pattern with players like that with injuries um, and just and just playing with an edge, playing th- that way, playing kind of reckless and whatever happens, happens. And, uh, you know, you it, it's uh, it's unfortunate, especially when you get into to injuries that, that can be, you know, season ending, career ending, even at, at that. Um, but but that's you know, it, there's always that t- that fine line for those defensive players. Like, where can you be the most aggressive you can be and kind of have an edge for yourself and for your whole team and play with that intensity without maybe going over the line? And that's that's always tough, you know, because wh- you know where is the line? You can't even see it. And so um, I, I'll just leave it at that because I haven't seen a, a ton of – their games and watch him but yeah when you see kind of the same player that do that um but that's also you know that's a seventh round pick that that's probably supposed to be in the league for a year if that and and he's turned into a you know really good player and 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 how that's how you do that is you sort of play with an edge but yeah it can definitely be uh, over aggressive at times and uh you know that could have hurt his team but 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 san francisco you know responded the right way and 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 you know philly really couldn't stop him all right, let's go to Mike in West Virginia. Mike. Nick, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Mike? Doing good, sir. Appreciate you all your work and uh, long-time listener. All right. Appreciate that. What do you got for us? Well, I got kind of a, a funny question I've been thinking about. Okay. Mike, Micah Parsons uh, is coming up for a contract, and he's going to want defensive end money. Mm-hmm. He wears number eleven. If he if he is on the defensive line, what's the NFL's rules regarding him still keeping that eleven? If he is, if he's designated as a defensive lineman, I wondered about that, and uh, I just also wanted to say, really happy about uh, Aubrey kicking the ball. Hope Ferguson can uh, tie up old Billy Joe Dupree, and <laughs> Hollywood Henderson was ahead of his time, Duncan, over the goalposts on his pick sixes. Um, just like to hear your thoughts on any of those. Okay. Uh, thanks again, man. I'll hang up and listen. You know, Hollywood Henderson. There we go. I'm not sure his first time caller or not, but but Chris, I, I love it. He just threw it in he there. Was. It was. First time. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't remembered that one as well, but I wasn't going to do it, ask again and be like, you know, it's like, hey, are you – yeah, you know that's kind of like when someone says, "Hey, hey, I, I'm Nick. Nice to meet you." You're like, oh, I've met you six times. You're like, okay, sorry. Um, Hollywood Henderson, I've I've mentioned him a little bit lately with uh, Sam Williams as far as not off the field. I'm talking about just linebacker that can play like ahead of his time that way. I mean, a gunner. He plays. He's on the gunner. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, he, he could probably return a kick if if you wanted him to. Um, so yeah, Hollywood Henderson was that type of guy. Uh, for sure. And um, Micah Parsons, um, d- defensive ends can wear um, defensive ends can wear a single digits. Uh, I think Randy Gregory wears a five uh, for the for the um, um, for the Niners. And um, you, you, you definitely can. I mean, you, you can switch around. So linebacker, defensive end, corner, any defensive player, I think, can wear uh, numbers that are that are in single digits. And who knows? Micah Parsons. 
Um, we'll see if he wears 11 uh, for the rest for his whole career. I don't know. There's a lot of 11 jerseys out there. He's one of the he's one of the fan favorites for sure. Um, maybe there have been some talk. Maybe he might want to change numbers if if he ever if he can afford it. Uh, but you're right. He's going to definitely get a lot of money. Uh, with this contract coming up, whenever that is, the Cowboys can negotiate starting next year after his third year. Uh, of course, they got to get CD paid as well. Um, but but yeah, they they can they can start to do that, and he's going to want defensive end money because that's that's what makes him what he is. He's a, he's a pass rusher, um, and he's played some linebacker. But but you know where he's been. Where he's been at his best is when he's he's getting after the quarterback and, and he's got more pressures than anybody in the league. So that's certainly a pass rusher. All right, all right. Let's go to Michael's in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Michael, here we go. <laughs> What's up, man? All right. So I I quit Twitter years ago and okay. I, I I recently rejoined it just to follow follow the Cowboys stuff and everything. And um, I think I've decided. We could win out, which I think we will. Uh, the Eagles could lose to Seattle. We could be the number one seed, get to the Super Bowl, and blow out the AFC team, and people would still talk trash about Dak Prescott. No, 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 no. Not if he wins the Super Bowl. Not, I, I, no. There, there's still be people. Well, but, okay. And the refs, the refs cheated us or something. They'll be yeah, but if you win a Super Bowl for the Cowboys, I, I can't. I would think that they would say he's the best player in football. I always thought that about Romo. If Romo could ever get one, he would be considered the best quarterback in the NFL, just like Aaron Rodgers was at some time, just like Drew Brees probably was at, at one time. Um, I, I think if you win a Super Bowl for the Cowboys, you're going to be put on a very, very high pedestal. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of people talking trash if that happens. So who knows? I, I, I don't. I've never experienced that, so I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't yeah, know. I remember in '92 and all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all of a sudden, everybody was a Cowboys fan for for a while. But uh, one thing, uh, if if we beat the Eagles, which I'm I'm hoping we do, look, they were talking about the Eagles starting nine and one so many years in a row. And we'll already be all caught up with them. Yeah, that would be huge. This game is as big as it gets right now because if you don't win, I mean, it pretty much wraps up the division. I think for for the Eagles, I mean, it would have to be it would it would take losses. I mean, who's going to lose to the Cardinals, right? I mean, sorry, um, maybe they lose to the Giants twice. <laughs> yeah. Well, if that happens, you know, then then I hope I hope everybody over there is okay, you know, because the, they they've certainly had a lot of injuries at that point. If that happens, um, if they lose to the Cardinals and the Giants, that's what makes this game so big. And then then after that, they got to play, you know, Seattle on on Monday night. Um, so uh, this is this is a big big stretch for them, you know. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on the Shack news. That's what I'm waiting All right. to see. All right. Hi, appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for the call, Michael. Bowling Green, Kentucky. All right, let's move to James. He's in New Jersey. James. Hey, Nick, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, James? I'm doing excellent. I'm uh, right outside of Philadelphia. I'm, South, I'm from South Philly originally. I've been a fan since '65 for the Cowboys. Nice. Um, yeah. Um, one point about the Niners and one about the Eagles, which pertain to the Cowboys. All right. I noticed. I couldn't help but notice Nick game last night that the Niners only had two penalties, I believe. Really? And one was, and one was overruled by a, a personal foul against the Eagles. So, in other words, the penalty situation with the Cowboys on 27 yards, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I think it got to the, point, to the point now where 
they need to start policing themselves and have like a kangaroo court type thing. And anybody that has a pre-snap foul puts a thousand dollars in the kick, and that money goes to charity at the end of the season. That would and some kind of way they can discipline themselves. I don't know whether it'll work, but it can't hurt. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You know, it's, and it's the penalty is just totally out of control because you you can't beat yourself against teams like Philadelphia. No. Especially, yeah, especially yeah. when when they can get two to three yards on on any any time they want. If you make it first and five, I mean, stay on sides. I, I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, I understand the jump on the cadence, but I don't understand the lining up offsides. Like, I, I just don't. I mean, you can, you can. No. I, I know there's not a line there, like there is right. on TV, but you can right. see the ball, right? You can see the ball exactly. Oh, Stop. Your... Then, uh, back, as far as the Eagles are concerned, and that push thing. In the middle of the field, and you need to do it just one time, the first time they try it, when the center goes to get the ball, push him right on top of it, back in the – yeah. okay, now when they're on the goal line, you're not going to stop that play. So you do the same thing as many times as they try to do it. When he goes to bend over to get the ball, you push him, the three guys in the middle, push him right on top of the quarterback or right on back into the backfield. Because then you're not they're gonna make that touchdown anyway. Right. But you have to make them stop that play. And the only way you're gonna stop it is to take that old behind center and push him before he even touches that ball. Oh, just 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 a false start? Just I mean just an offsides encroachment. Blow him up. Yes. The three guys in the middle blow him up. Because it's an offsides anyway. Well, how far you're on the one yard line? How far are you going to go? They're going to get in. <laughs> you just do that like two or three times. Keep knocking them back. How many times does it take before they they need to stop it? It is not rugby. It is football. I've heard I've heard a lot of things about that, and uh, I've heard different you know different ways to stop it. And I mean. It, it is funny because now you're at a point where the, the, the things that are being said are against the rules, and one of them that I heard is against the law. But um, you know, it's it's funny. I think I think like I said before, the person that's going to stop it is Roger Goodell, and it sounds like that they're actually moving forward with that. And again, it, it I've said this before. This is not like oh, no one can stop it, so don't do it. It's it's not the it's not football. It's not the way you play other positions. You don't get to do that. You don't put someone on their on your shoulders and go block a field goal. You don't do that. You can't leverage. So why are you making yourself stronger by pushing people in the back? I don't understand it. Now, the key that they're going to have to figure out is do they want to take that out? Are you also going to take out the run? I think I think the 49ers had one the other day where they got stopped at the 8 and they pushed him all the way to the 1. Uh, are you going to stop that like down the field plays as well? So that's probably what they have to figure out too, because because that happens too. I mean, they, they just push people, and I, I I can't stand that either. So, all right, but that's we'll, we'll figure out how to we'll see what the NFL does with that. It'll be interesting, but uh, uh, it's it's an advantage for Philly, and and it and it starts with Kelsey. I mean, it really does. I mean, he's I'm not saying Jalen Hurts isn't a part of it, but I mean they they have a center that that really understands that uh, that part of it and that play and, and does a great job with it. All right. We, we're, I've never said this before, so I'm going to say it right now. Our 17th caller of the day is Alan in Korea. Alan. Hey, how's it going? How's it going, Nick? Good. How are you doing? Good. It's 1.43 a.m. here in Korea. <laughs> wow. 1.43, huh? 
What are you doing? What are you um, doing up so late? Um, I set my alarm to call call in. Awesome, awesome. Well, yeah. Uh, I think I think not only first time caller, but uh, also I mean we I mean this is our this, here we go. this is our seventeenth call. So here we go. Here we go. What's up, man? Right on. I just um, wanted to mention something that I saw there. Um, there's a third and sixteen. And this is something I hopefully you see in this uh, game against the Eagles. But you had um, Ferguson and Tony Pollard both do chip blocks on the defensive ends. Ferguson puts his guy on the butt. Yep. And then uh, Tony Pollard knocks his guy into a line. And then uh, Jake Ferguson goes and gets a first down. So um, I think. Stuff like that, disrupting uh, the pass rushers is going to be is going to be what's needed. Yep. And then just dominance from uh, Tyron Smith blocking two rushers. That's just crazy. Right. So yeah, that's all I got. Um, just hopefully we get to see more of that disrupting those pass rushers. Sure. It just it's the timing of everything. Uh, thanks for the call, Alan. Appreciate that. Get some sleep here. Uh, it's almost two o'clock in the morning over there. Um, no, we appreciate that. Of course, that's our third caller here from uh, outside the the country. So uh, that's awesome. And obviously, like I said, the most we've ever had. Of course, adding an extra thirty minutes helps with that. And so that's why I figured we would do that. But um, yeah, uh, as for the tight ends, I think for sure um, the, the the timing of, of of chipping these these defensive ends, just kind of throwing things off a little bit. Um, obviously, you want to get to a point where you know you wouldn't need the help. Tyron hasn't needed a lot of help in his career um and, and you know Terrence Steele you know you want to get to that point where, where you don't have to stay in there but but you know if, if they they can make some some plays especially if you have tight ends that can that can get up the field uh that third and 16 play I mean that was huge that was a big play in the game early on to Ferguson and and he caught it and needed what still needed 15 yards or so to get the first and so he's got the ability to do that and and he's really he's really becoming a, a playmaking tight end uh, and if you have that on this team with CD and, and Cooks and, of course, the you know Pollard and all that, if you, you have a playmaking tight end that you can throw into the mix here, that, that changes a lot of things. And we see that in, in Kansas City because Kelsey absolutely can make plays uh, and, and elude you know, tackles and all that stuff. All right, let's go to uh, our next caller here, Diego in the Bronx. What's up? Hey, what's up, Nick? How you doing? I'm good. All right, uh, I just got two things I want to speak on. Um, so the first is actually about uh, Dak Prescott. I know a few weeks ago he spoke to the media about um, like speaking on an angry fans kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So a few years ago, back in uh, 2018, he had blocked me on Twitter <laughs> because I was just I was just so upset about us losing our uh, Tony Romo like the year prior, uh-huh. and then uh, Des Bryant was heading out that year. I was real emotional. I was a big Des guy. Mm-hmm. I wasn't on the DAC train yet, but um, I'm the same guy in uh, 2020 when he got injured. I even popped a tear for the guy when he got hurt <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, so um, if I could ever get him to unblock me at some point, man, that would be great. <laughs> and uh, the, the second thing was I took a trip to um, Philadelphia week nine by myself, and I sat, sat in the stands by myself. And, man, I tell you, those fans, they did me bad, man. Every time up and down the aisles, they just kept coming after me with the booze. So, Cowboys fans, next week at the stadium, up and down the aisles, please give them hell. <laughs> that would be great. It, was that all that it was? Was just the booze? I mean, I, I know I know that I mean, that's not fun, but as long as it wasn't, like, 
physical or anything. Oh no, no, they couldn't. They, people know who to mess with. I'm like a big guy. I played football myself. I'm All a right. in New York City, so they people know who to mess with. I gave it. I gave them a fair share as well. So, <laughs> well, you almost you almost got the last laugh there. So, uh, but uh, hey, I I appreciate uh, you know I, I applaud you going up there with you know by yourself and saying yeah you know what are they gonna do but uh yeah i mean it's you know they're, they're obviously they're passionate about their team and and all that and it, it, it's an experience but uh i'm sure there wasn't a lot of that going on yesterday and i bet you there was, there was a lot of 49er fans there 49ers are they, they travel well to every place yeah. so i bet that and was if, interesting i won't be surprised if i see that one more thing go ahead one more thing one more thing um so I have the Cowboys beating Philly by 10 or better next week. Okay. Guys, don't worry. We're going to win. All right. Sounds good. I don't think you're missing a whole lot on Dak on Twitter. I don't think he does a whole lot there. Uh, he he did young, you know, when he was younger. And of course, there's a lot of history on that where he, he was, when he was in what high school and or college when he tweeted out about Romo, about being done with Romo, and then he ends up playing with him. Uh, he was a little bit more active on Twitter than he is now. I don't think he does a whole lot other than like community type things and stuff. All right. Let's go to one more caller here. Alan in Idaho. Hey, Nick. How are you doing? Hi, good. How are you? Hey, awesome. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Love the show. No problem. Hey, just had a quick observation. Um, just kind of in the games that I have seen with the Eagles, looks like Lane Johnson, every single play is early, but they're never calling it. What are your takes on that? Hate it. I see. I, the, I paused it actually one time in the game. I paused it like perfectly. And I, it was like he was out ready to block two other linemen still touching the ground with their, with their hands. Like now I've heard people say he actually gets out faster than, than the other guys, but I don't know, man. It looks very early to me. And not only that, he's lined up like three yards off the ball. So that's another thing that I hate is that they're so nitpicky when it comes to like a helmet being across the ball on the off for offsides. But yet your right tackle is pretty much, you know, even with the quarterback and the shotgun. So I don't yeah. know. It, it's but they don't ever call it. They don't ever. Call no, it. I I tried it last night too. There was one play where it looked like both tackles like. Before the ball was even snapped, they were both moving. Yeah, and then then the ball comes out, and of course, nothing's called, and they get the play. But just frustrating because we can't ever get anything like that. We always look no. like I don't I, it was frustrating that 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 happened in the Cowboys game over and over and over, and they ended up losing the game because on the six yard line at the end of the game, Tyler Smith gets a false start, which was pretty. You know, it was pretty questionable as well. Gets a false start call and moves them back to the 11, and then they get a sack. But you don't get that false start call. call. I think the Cowboys throw it four times from the six. I, I think they score. Um, but, yeah. you know, it's just that's the way that, that it goes. But, you know, the Eagles finally got some calls against them in that game because they hadn't been getting a, a whole lot, but they did in that game. Yeah, no, I agree. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you for the call. That's Allen in Idaho. That's our 19th caller. And I think that's going to be it for us. Uh, 20 would have been nice, but uh, something to shoot for. Uh, unless, Chris, unless there's somebody calling right now, we can maybe do that. I don't think so. No one. No one. Right so that's it. We're going to end it with 19. It was a lot of fun. I had a great time. I uh, appreciate the, you guys calling. We got three from outside the U.S. New York. 
with the win. New York, I mean, a lot of calls from New York here, from the Bronx and um, from Long Island. We, we had we had uh, five different calls from, from the state of New York. That was the, the winner of our America's Team Challenge. I just made that up. But uh, all right, sounds good. Uh, this was great. Tomorrow, back to normal time, though. It'll be uh, 10 a.m. Central time. Uh, the Cowboys break will be following us right now. So appreciate you guys for Chris Beam. I'm Nick Eatman. We'll see you tomorrow on Cowboys Storyline. See ya. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!